Welcome to the FitPro Business Podcast, where you'll receive sales, marketing, and business building tips from industry leaders that will help you take your business to the next level. Head over to FitProBusiness.com to receive your free business breakthrough session. Now, here's your host, the -the in-the-trenches fitness business owner, Andy Salazar. Hello, FitPro Podcast listeners. I want to welcome you to another episode of the FitPro Business Podcast. Today, I have James Patrick. James is an award-winning, internationally published commercial and editorial photographer based out of Arizona. He is also the founder of the FitPosium, an annual conference for online education networks and weekly podcasts helping fitness entrepreneurs and talents launch their careers. Welcome to the show, James. What is going on, man? Thanks for having me on. Hey, that was just a very brief intro about you. Would you mind telling the audience a little bit more about you and your story? Yeah, absolutely. So my background is that I was a photographer. Well, I guess it depends how long you want to expand that timeline because we can we can take it back pretty far. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I guess I guess it all started with journalism. I was a I was a journalist working as a reporter. From there, that's how I got into photography. I actually, like taking photos a lot more than uh, covering the opening of the new restaurant that just, you know, happened in our local community. So fell in love with taking photos. And then that became the thing that I could not do. Uh, But I've also worked in marketing for a bit. I've I've been a public speaker for uh, probably close to 15 years now. And the big thing that we saw, myself and my team members saw, was so many of the clients we'd work with, especially in the health and fitness space, we'd work with them to make their marketing collateral, to help them get published, to help create images that sell themselves, sell their services, promote their brands. But when we check back in with them, despite how good the collateral looked, some of them could not break through that that marketing or that 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 those those sales channels and we'd say well what's going on like we just got you on three magazine covers how's business going like well you know business is about where it was i'm like how are you not leveraging this how are you not talking about this how are you not sharing these stories and that's when that kind of light bulb went off over my head to realize that you know marketing is something we all do every day but it's not something people think about in that, in that frame or in that reference. So that's why we started to develop things like our conference to help educate people. Okay, now that you have this great collateral, this is how you apply it. This is how you market your brand. This is how you get more clients, make more money, get seen more and impact more lives. Yeah, I think it's kind of strange because from a promotion standpoint, I think as children, a lot of us are taught, you know, not to toot your own horn. I'm sure we all heard that as children. And when you're in business for yourself, I mean, you have to toot your own horn. You have to get your message out in front of your market as much as possible and leverage, you know, photography um, articles that you've been posted on. Would you say that's one of the biggest hiccups that fit pros or business owners have? It might be, you know, I, I'm thinking that, no one is going to, I I would say it this way, no one is going to love your brand more than you should be loving your brand. And if other people love what you're doing more than you love what you're doing, there's a misalignment right there. Like I have a friend who he launched a business and it's such a great idea for this business, but I'm looking at it and I have more passion about his business than he has. That's a red flag for me. That's a warning sign. The other side of it is 
when we fall into this trap of being way too humble about what we do. Now, I'm not advocating that people run to the mountaintops to start promoting themselves endlessly, but there are ways to share your story. There are ways to communicate what you do, what you're trying to do, why you're trying to do it, and the impact you're trying to make that can actually help your audience. And you're doing a service by sharing these stories because that is what can actually maybe help inspire someone to make a change in their own life. Right. I think too, uh, one of the things I've seen a lot in the fitness industry is um, maybe you see posts on Instagram of like this perfect body mm-hmm. and, um, and ultimately it comes down to sharing your story and why you're passionate about fitness and why you're passionate about helping whoever it is, is your target market and not worrying about trying to look perfect or be perfect, but telling your story and showing your imperfections and your flaws. There's, there's something really important to be said for authenticity and authenticity. If, if you're not authentic, people sniff it out right away. And we, we've all been there. We've all seen the post where someone is feigning authenticity and it just feels disingenuous. You know, when you see it, but if you truly are authentic and you truly are approaching us of, I'm going to share with you something that aligns with your worldview, because regardless of what you do in the health and fitness industry, whatever you're doing is not for everyone. I can right. promise you that. Like as a trainer, you are not the trainer for every type of client. As a fitness talent, you are not the fitness talent for every magazine or every ad campaign out there. There's so much out there. So it's about who is this for? Why is it for this? So that your worldview and what you're offering aligns with their worldview. And social media, when you, when you, which is what you brought up, you'll see it right away in the comments section. You know, when I do a post about, you know, like uh, yesterday I did a post about where I struggle within my own business and within my own industry. Now that post is not for everyone. And anyone that post is not for can unsubscribe or can unfollow me. And I see that in my blogs when I get very polarizing in a topic. Mm-hmm or in my podcast, if I get very polarizing on a topic, I'll find out right away who is not aligning with me. And that's fine because it's not about them. It's about the people who stay subscribed, who do the comments, who get involved. Those are your true fans. That's your community. And ultimately, your marketing and your story should attract who it is your target market is, who you are passionate about serving, and then repel people that don't fall into who your target market is. Oh, absolutely. And that, that, that comes that contrasting. Like if you try to water down your brand to appeal to everyone, the reality is you're just not going to appeal to anyone. And the, the analogy I use is laundry detergent. No one knows what sort of laundry detergent is in their laundry room right now because they just buy whatever laundry detergent is right there. People aren't passionate about laundry detergent. There aren't <laughs> tribes and communities that talk about laundry detergent and compare and contrast. Mm-mm, no, but... Uh, things that people will get passionate about, things that people will not be on the fence about, they're either going to be in camp A or camp B, are things like their own health, their own fitness, how they take care of themselves, how they share these stories, uh, who they decide to train with, the types of training they decide to do, how they decide to handle their nutrition. These are all things that people get very obsessed with. So the more contrasting you can be of what you stand for and what you don't, the faster you're going to find an audience that aligns with that. Right. No, I completely agree with you. And, and, and the importance of, again, being authentic, getting your story out there and uh, marketing yourself to your target market. Absolutely. Now, some of the things I wanted to touch on in this interview were the, how personal trainers, fitness business owners can take the steps they can take to get themselves published and how they can leverage that for their business to drive revenue. 
So one of the things is that I want to focus on leverage because it's all about leverage. Because right. the, the example I gave at the front was getting published cannot be the end goal. And we've had so many people where they'll come to us and they say, you know, my lifelong dream is to be on the cover of a magazine, which by the way, that is a very weird lifelong dream. <laughs> I don't, I, when I was five years old, I did not really necessarily know what a magazine was per se, or more or less that I wanted to be on one, but be that as it may, it can't be the end goal. You can't be just thinking, well, this is it. Like once I'm on the magazine cover, everything is done. Because guess what? I myself, I shoot 30 to 50 magazine covers every single year. So if the magazine cover is the end goal, those are 30 to 50 people every year who then are done. And if you're right. done, then what? That's not a good, that's not a good place to, to uh, end off at, but it's a great place to start. Right. Okay, Media features are a phenomenal way to promote and leverage a business. So the benefit is there in the application of it. So when it comes to the start, the start being how do I, like, let's say I want to be published because it's going to help me achieve something else. Okay, so publications are a means to an end. That's why right. publicity companies exist. Like that, that thing could be to promote your personal training business. That thing could be to push traffic to a lead magnet on your website uh, that you want to get people to download. So now they're in your, now they're in your marketing list. Okay. So whatever this goal is, now you're trying to tie in media exposure to align with it. So the first thing is to do research. And now I'm a research nut. I love to do research, especially on clients that I want to work with. Mm. Okay. And so you go and you do research to, to find what publications, and it's not just magazines, but we use magazines as an example, but what media outlets fall in line with what you're trying to do. So once again, we talked about how your message and your brand is not for everyone. Guess right. what? who reads these magazines, like their audiences, not all those audiences. Are few, mm. few. So you right. find the one that aligns, okay? Yeah. So you go to the bookstore and you find, well, you know, I think Strong Fitness Magazine aligns with what I'm doing. I think Fitness Magazine aligns with what I'm doing. And you know what? I do a ton of uh, um, uh, recipes. So, you know, maybe clean eating aligns with it. But I'm not a runner. I've never been a runner. So maybe runner's world, women's running, uh, trail running, ultra runner. Maybe these are not what I want to be pitching to because I don't have anything to say to this audience. So you find the publications that are aligning with what you're trying to do. And then you start to look into who are the decision makers. Okay. When you open up a magazine, every magazine has what's called a masthead. And it's usually somewhere between two and seven pages into the magazine, usually on the left-hand side, it's just going to be a list of all the staff members of that magazine. Okay. And it's going to list who the editor-in-chief is. It's going to list who the art director is, who the photo editor is. You want to find the person who's the decision maker for what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So for myself as a photographer, it's almost always the art director or the photo editor. That's it. Like those are the titles I look for. If you want to be a writer you might be looking, based on the size of the magazine, you might be looking for a section editor who you know, runs a section on what you want to write about. You may be looking for the fitness editor if you're pitching uh, a workout circuit. Or if it's a small enough publication, you might just be going straight up to the editor-in-chief, the person who oversees the overall editorial content of this publication. Mm -hmm. So you want to find out who that decision maker is. From there, then you're just going to pay attention to the details. What does a magazine publish? 
How often does it publish? What articles do they tend to feature? What photos do they tend to couple with these articles? Do they have features that you would already fit in line with? Okay. Are there features you can contribute that fit to their regular routine stuff that they run issue to issue? Like if they have every issue, they have a section on um, workouts you can do at home. Well, and you want to write a workout for them? Okay. Well, that there you go. There, right, right there. Uh, if you want to take it a step further and you really want to get into uh, research overload, real quick, simple step. Go to the magazine's website, scroll to the bottom of the website, and there's going to be a link somewhere there that says advertise with us. Click that link. Now, the people listening think, well, wait, I don't want to take out a $2,000 ad, <laughs> but bear with me. On the advertising page, there's going to be something called the media kit, and they update the media kit. Every magazine updates their media kit every single year. Download the media kit, print it out, look it over. What the media kit is going to tell you is, A, who their readership is, what their distribution is, what the demographics of the readers are. So, okay, you'll find out if this magazine falls in line with who you're trying to reach, all right, which mm-hmm. you should have an idea of anyway, but it'll give you the actual statistics. Right. But then the biggest thing it gives you is it's going to give you an editorial calendar for the entire year. Mm-hmm. It's going to tell you almost down to the issue, and a lot of magazines, it's down to the issue, what every single issue is going to be about. So if you look at this editorial calendar, let's say it's, it's, it's now July when we're recording this, and you look to see that in October, they're doing a whole thing on fit moms and you're a fit mom, oh my God, you better send that out right now because that's three months away and most magazines work in three-month cycles. That would be the perfect time to pitch something in October. Or you see in November, they're doing a whole issue on runners. And let's say you have a background in running, you train runners, you are a runner, you, you, you've won medals running. Okay, you, you know you need to target the November issue because that falls perfectly with what you're trying to do. Right. And it's something that you just download for free off their website. Super simple. So all we've talked about thus far is just research. Just right, getting absolutely. to know, right? I would follow the the magazine editors on Instagram. I would you you start you get to start to know them because you get to start to realize who they are as people. Right, right. And at the end of the day, we don't market necessarily to magazines. We market to the people at the magazines. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's the first thing. Second thing is your pitch. This is you sending something out to a magazine to say, I want you to consider this, whatever this right. is. Okay. And I think this is probably the step that would hang up a lot of, you know, trainers that are wanting to get themselves out there is not knowing what after the research or after they know what publication they want to go after, what do I do when I reach out? Yep. So I'll address it in two ways, the how and the frequency. The how is entirely up to you. You can pitch any way you want. You could pitch through email. Uh, you could pick up the phone and, and throw a pitch out. You, can, you could send out a mailer to, to a company. You could send out a mailer, then follow up with a phone call and an email. It, whatever you want. You can fly out to New York City to meet with an editor face-to-face. Or you can do what a lot of people do, which is a combination of so many of these things. Okay? So... Like for myself as a photographer, when I pitch myself, I go to New York at least every other year. I'm sending email campaigns out to editors. I'm doing direct pitches. I'm picking up the phone and calling editors. I do drip campaigns of postcards of my work that I'm marketing. I'm always doing something to market to the clients I want to work with. So the how is, is entirely up to how you want to pitch. Right. From there, 
what we see more than anything else is your personal trainer, you want to get featured in a magazine. Let's just say it's a local magazine. You send an email out to the editor in chief. You're like, hey, here's who I am. Here's what I do. Here's why I think it would be good for your magazine. And you don't hear back. You radio silence. So maybe a few weeks later, you send a follow-up email. You say, you know, I don't know if you got this, just following up. You know, here's, here's who I am. Here's some photos, you know, whatever it is. And you still don't hear back. Well, now what? Hmm. I, would, I would estimate maybe 90% or more stop right there. Right, right exactly. There. Mm-hmm. But it can take, this is, this is really important, it can take between 8 and 12 points of contact before someone responds. It can take longer. Like, and that's, if, if it takes, let's just say, eight times and you stopped at two, you're six times away from a potential feature. Okay. Absolutely. Ultimately, that comes, that's just like a sales process as well with when you're following up with a lead. Most um, people who get a lead only follow up with them two or three times and then, you know, they're put in the back burner and never called mm-hmm. again when it may take that seven, eight, nine, ten follow-ups before they actually, you actually get them in the door. Same applies to this. Absolutely. It, it, what you have to realize about, so I worked uh, when I was in college, I worked for two different, wait, three different uh, publications. One was a newspaper, one was a print magazine, the other was an online magazine. And my job in these three, I was a photo editor at all three. My job was not to hire models and photographers. That was not my first job. My first job was to put together a publication. So if you're the editor of a magazine, your job is to put together a magazine. You have articles to write. You have uh, photographers to manage, writers to manage. You have content that you have to get copy edited. You have to lay it out. You have to work with the design team. Then you got to work with the advertising team to figure out how much ad space you have. Oh, shit. They sold, oh, excuse me. They sold the, sold the half-page ad. We now have to cut this article in half, and we're running up on deadline, and I have to do this month after month after month right, after right. month. Okay? That's your job. Now, when you get an email from someone, you're going to take a quick look at it. You're going to be like, okay, maybe. And then you filter it because they don't need you right now. They already have their next two, three issues figured out and that's what they need to get through. But you're going to drop in a folder if it's interesting. If not, you might delete it. But either way, it's probably not going to break through on the first one. And then when you have time, And when you might need something, you're going to say, you know, I'm going to look at that folder of all the people who were sending stuff in. And you're one of thousands, maybe, definitely hundreds, Uh, you know, hundreds in a local, thousands in a national. And it's about the idea of pitching over and over again. It's about earning the right to get someone's attention. Okay. Now, it's not pitching every week. And it's not... It's not, you know, harassing them and stalking <laughs> editors. I, I call it polite stalking. And it's, it's, it's about earning the right to get their attention by showing that you're invested in them as much as you want them to invest in you. Right. So when I, when I work and want to work with a magazine, we'll just say, like, there, there's a magazine that uh, I've had on my want to work with list for a couple of years now. And my, every time I contact them, it's not to pitch myself. Okay. A lot of them are to pitch. Hey, here's this new project I did. Just want to share these photos with you. Or, hey, you know, this is coming up. If you need help on this project, let me know. Like I'm staying in, you know, uh, informed of what they're doing. But then also if they do something and I really like it, I just send them a message just to let them know I liked it. Hey, this feature just came out. really loved your article. Or, hey, you just did this layout on this one topic. I love this layout. I've never seen this layout before. Or, Maybe they hired a competitor of mine and say, hey, you hired uh, so-and-so for this campaign. It came out beautiful. Love how this turned out. Okay. I mean, journalists are actually 
they're not often thanked for what right, they do. Right. And, and I can, I can say that as a journalist. Um, so, but I am staying in touch with them and I do want them to know that I'm invested in them. So consistency over time, you know, maybe it's every other month or whatever it is, but I'll, I'll share a, a quick, a quick experience I had. I was targeting this one magazine this couple of years ago and I was doing exclusively an email drip camp or a, a mail drip campaign to them. I was using postcards. So every mm-hmm. single month they got a new postcard from me with a new photo of my work. And I was hoping, praying that at some point my phone would ring or a, an email would come through to say, James, you, you, you have impressed us so much with your work. We have to give <laughs> you all of our money. Please, 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 please come work for us. And uh, I'm nine months in and I've heard nothing. So <laughs> I go to the exact opposite, which is, oh, I'm terrible at photography. I should just <laughs> quit. I, 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 you know, I, I did okay managing a record store in college. Maybe I should just go back to working retail. <laughs> but I'm doing what I do, which is I pay attention to what the magazine's up to. I pay attention to what the magazine editors are up to. And I'm checking out the magazine photo editor's Instagram account. And she posts a photo of her working at her desk. And I look at the photo and the photo, I mean, the photo's just about how, hey, crazy work week, whatever. But I, I start noticing something behind her in the photo. There's, there's a blank wall behind her, except for one thing. There's one thing tacked to the wall behind her. And that one thing was one of my postcards. That's oh, wow. It. That was it. That was the one thing tacked to the wall behind her. And in fact, it was the first postcard I sent her because I, tr- I went back and looked and checked to see <laughs> when I sent that postcard. It was the first postcard I sent her. So she said that postcard for eight and a half, nine months now. And I've never heard a word from her. See, that's the thing. They might not reach out to you now, but they, they are going to start paying attention if yeah. you're offering something of value, if you're offering something that is pertinent to their audience, to their readers, to who, uh, who is consuming their publication. So shortly thereafter, I did finally get in touch with them and, and they did finally hire me, but that was a long process. And that, yeah. that was, that was nine months. And I've had clients that I've been pitching for nine years. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. So ultimately you have to be consistent and patient if you if that's one of your goals is to get published yes. in a major magazine. Absolutely, of course. But so much of it, and, and we haven't really talked about what is in that pitch because what is in that pitch is then also there's no perfect recipe. Now, there's right. a lot of things not to do. Okay, there's tons of things not to do in a pitch. Like don't send one email to 10 different magazines and put them in the blind cock you know, the BCC, don't do that. Don't, or definitely don't put them in the two form. <laughs> like don't make it real obvious that right. essentially they want to feel like you're building a relationship with them and you're not shotgunning this out to everyone. That's not what this is about. This is about a very targeted approach of, I want to work with you. And then it's about what you do that is of value to them. It's articles that you can do for them. It's features you can do for them. It's how you can help them with their content. It's how you can help them sell more magazines. This is what is in the pitch. Okay. That is a pitch. And it's, it's not like there's a word count to it, although shorter is better. And it's not like, you know, Oh, the questions we get from people, should I attach images or should I include them in the body email? It doesn't matter. Should I, you know, Oh, should I, should I attach a resume or should I, it doesn't matter. Like none of this stuff really matters. What matters is, is that you're making a one-to-one human connection and you're offering something of value without taking up too much of their time. That's what matters. That's a pitch. Right. And ultimately you're showing that you care about what they're doing and who their audience is and that you want to provide additional value to their audience. Totally. 
nail on the head because you're helping them achieve in their job, which, hey, if you want to focus on that first step, which is knowing what their wants and needs are, they want a product that sells. They want to to feel like they achieve something really great in their jobs. Right. And ultimately, if you can add to that, then they're obviously going to want you on their team. Bingo. And that's, sorry, you were, you're about to say something. No, you go ahead. So that was really just two, two things of what I think is a very long relationship. Because the third thing is when you get an opportunity, you have to kill it. And it's one of those things like, let's say you're a trainer and you want to write a workout circuit for a magazine. And the magazine says, okay, I need it by August 15th. I, I would recommend you have it in by August 5th. And not only do you have it in, and you hit the word count. You don't, if they say the word count, we need 850 words, you don't turn in 1500 words because all you did was you gave an editor 750 or so words that they have to now cut out of your article. Like you nail it, but maybe you give them something a little bit extra. Maybe it's stuff they can include on the side. Maybe it's, it's extra things that they weren't anticipating uh, maybe it's after the, the feature's out, then you start to do a whole social media campaign around this feature and why people should check it out and why people should read it. So all of a sudden, the editor sees that you're driving your traffic and your audience to consume their publication. Hey, that's killing it right there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I completely agree with you. I just learned that uh, actually technique in regards to getting podcast interviews and promoting the podcast interview back to the um, person that you're interviewing's audience. So same, same concept. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people want to see that you're invested. They want to see that you cared about this because they took a chance when they right. hired you. Absolutely. And they, you want to reinforce that. We just had a uh, feature come out. It's the cover of Women's Running Magazine. And it's our first cover we've ever had with them. They took a chance on us. It was kind of a crazy process where we got a call and they said, hey, can you be in LA in five days and shoot the cover of Women's Running? By the way, we have nowhere to shoot, so we need a location. Uh, by the way, we have no makeup artist, so we need a makeup artist. And it's like, yes, we can. Because they, they were a client we've been trying to work with for a long time. Yes, we can. Found a makeup artist, got a location within 48 hours. We're set up, got the hotel. We're out there. We do the shoot, turn it around. So now that the cover's out, just came out, I think, just a few days ago. Um, I'm trying to get my hands on a copy of it because I'm going to do a whole video about what this cover was like to create, why we worked on the cover, what the subject was like. Like, I want to create some social currency mm. to drive traffic because for me, it wasn't just that we got this cool cover. I want more projects with them. In order to right. get more projects with them, I want to help them sell more magazines. And so I'm more invested in their success. Yeah, that's awesome. So basically, we've got, in order to you know get published, one, you have to do your research, find the right publication. Two, you have to figure out who you're going to contact and actually reach out to them and continually reach out and, tell, and show that you're interested in their product and that you want to promote their product and you want to be authentic and provide value to their audience. And um, number three is to kill it when you do get the opportunity. So once you, know, you do have the opportunity, you've killed it with what you've submitted, what steps can the fitness business owner use do to leverage that content that they've created for this particular magazine or publication. I'm glad you asked that because it's really all about leverage and what you're taking with this. Uh, the one thing I do want to say prior to leverage, and it's, it's also part of leverage, but staying in touch with the magazine and especially the editor is one of the best things you can do because a magazine took a chance on you. Right. Let's say it goes really well because you killed it. All right. You nailed step three. They want to give you more opportunities. 
And like one of the things that we, you know, we talk about in advertising is in order to, ha- in order to be successful in advertising, you have to have consistency. Okay. People don't necessarily, uh, take action on an ad they see the first time, like let's say it's an ad in a magazine or even just say an ad on Instagram, a sponsored post or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But maybe the, the 20th time they see that ad, now all of a sudden some mud is starting to stick against that wall and they might take action with it. So if you get a feature in a magazine over and over and over again, now your brand is starting to exponentially resonate with your audience. And that just requires staying in touch. You stay in touch, then you find out the next thing the magazine needs. Then you can demonstrate your experience again. You can kill it again. It just keeps going around and around and around. So that's the first thing I would say with leverage. The second thing is to, I would, if, if I were a fitness entrepreneur, if I were a personal trainer, I would build publicity around all my publicity because that is how you give additional momentum to a feature. So what that looks like is not dissimilar from what I just said with this women's running cover that I just got where I'm doing a whole video talking about it. I would also, maybe I do a behind the scenes blog article on it where I talk about this and now I'm driving traffic to it and I'm promoting, I'm cross promoting this on all my social media channels. I'm building traction around this feature because I want this feature to get eyeballs. But more importantly than that, I want the people to realize that this was something that, is earned that this magazine has given this to right. me and I am the subject matter expert now. Like I've received this, even if it's a small feature, blow up that small feature. Absolutely. Like let's say you just get a one page feature in a magazine. It do, you need to understand how valuable a one page magazine truly is. Like if they could, they could have sold an ad for that for $2,500. Like they could have made money off that page, but instead they decided to promote what you're doing instead. And so building some sort of, some sort of social momentum around that, but then also having something where when people look you up, because if people see you enough, they like what you're doing, they're going to look you up, have a next step for them to take. Because if all it is, is Let's say you got the, the ultimate, you got the, uh, a cover of a national newsstand magazine. Okay. That is, I mean, it, it's harder to, it's harder to top that. Right. Unless you're on two at the same time. That would be, <laughs> that, would, that right there would be, would be a really cool one. But you get a national newsstand magazine. In 30 days, you're off the stands. 30 days. You are no longer on a national newsstand cover. So 30 days, people start looking into you. They start looking you up, have something for them to do. And because if it's nothing and the 30 days passes, you're not going to get those people back because guess what? There's a new cover on newsstands with someone new and I'm going to look into who that person is, right? So the simplest, simplest, simplest thing is just have something on the website right away, right above the fold that says sign up for my newsletter. That's the simplest thing you can do. But now you're capturing emails. You're capturing people's information who wanted to learn about you. I mean, that is the bare minimum that you right. should do. And, and that would be a good thing to do. Absolutely. Like we have a feature coming out on, on uh, the conference that we're doing. But, it, you know, if people look up the conference, there's, there's funnels. There's steps for people to take. Right. If we had this feature come out, let's just say in March, and people go to the website, but they're like, oh, well, the event's not till October. 
hmm, well, there's nothing to do. Well, okay. And then they forget about it. No, right. no. Uh, all, all year long, we're going to try to get them into our podcast. We're going to try to get them into our newsletters, into our articles, into our video features. So there's going to be calls to action for them to take. So have some sort of call to action and then build the momentum around the piece. Now you're starting to get some traction. Now this is what starts to get, get conversations going. Okay. That's what I would look at when it comes to leveraging so that you're not the person who, you know, and and that was not hyperbole. That was a real example of someone, a client of ours, who we got three magazine covers for in a year. And within a few years after that, they weren't really in the business anymore. Wow. Now, ultimately that article helps to establish your credibility and also shows that you're an authority in what it is that your specialty is. Absolutely. And I like what you're saying about, you know, continually promote that as well, because you don't want, like you said, you don't want that to just go away after 30 days. You need to give them that next step. And if you can get them to your website, drive them to your newsletter, opt in, then you can stay in front of mind awareness through continually marketing to them so that they're like, oh yeah, I remember him. I really liked his message. And then ultimately when they're ready to do business with you or they're ready to sign up for your service, you're going to be the first one that pops into their mind. With our channels and all the tools we have, any feature we get, whether it's just a small, tiny quarter page feature or a national cover, any feature can live in perpetuity because we can continuously market it. Like, let's just say, for example, you land a small feature, but then you create some sort of blog content about it. Well, you can create Facebook ads or Instagram ads that are driving people to go check out your blog about that feature. Right. And it doesn't matter how long that's at. You can do that forever if you want. That's, that's awesome. Uh, but also, one of the things that, that I recommend so many of the people we work with do is on their media kits, on their press kits, on their website, if you want to build credibility right away, have a section that's very easy to find that's right in your face that says, as seen on or as seen in. And then you put all those logos because that carries so much weight when right. a company put their logo behind you because they publish you and you use their logo on their website. So, you know, you're a personal trainer. It's like as seen in men's fitness, men's health, uh, sweat, RX, uh, fitness for his, for him, you know, and people see it like, wow. Okay. So all these companies felt that this guy was good enough to feature. I'm going to keep reading. Right. So I think a lot of, like we talked about earlier, a lot of fitness business owners, a lot of personal trainers have this goal of getting published or being in a major magazine. What do you think is like the one major thing that is the holdup from getting personal trainers from wanting to do that as a goal and actually having, getting to that goal? Action right there. Action showing up, showing up is the number one thing people need to do. You know, I, I, like I said, when I market myself, I'm doing, I'm flying out to New York. I'm going out to LA. I'm making phone calls. I'm sending emails. I'm doing mailers. I even create a magazine once to twice a year of my own work where I design the magazine. It's all my photos. It's, it's my articles, like an entire magazine. I send that out to my top clients. Like I am aggressive when it comes to marketing, but I'm also very focused on who I'm marketing to and who right. I'm not marketing. You know, I'm not going to market someone that does not fall within the work that I would create. So, but it's showing up. You know, the, the six best words I ever heard was, you know, I worked in marketing for a little bit and I had this VP and he said, if you want to grow your career, if you want to grow your brand, I want you to be seen, be heard and be read. That's it. And the first one is be seen. You have to show up. People have to see you. So when you have the opportunity, like don't be the person who hides behind social media 
to, you know, casually send DMs to editors or to companies that they want to sponsor them or to people they want to work with and say, I hope you consider me sometime. And that's it. If that's all you're doing, guess what? There are a lot of people taking more steps than you and more aggressive right. steps than you. Okay. So be, be seen, be heard, be read. You have to take advantage of opportunities. And this is not one of those things where you say, well, I'm a fit mom. That's my only thing, but there's lots of fit moms out there. Yeah, but not with your background or not with your experience or not with your, with your fingerprint. Like everyone has a different fingerprint. Right. Mm -hmm. You have to apply it. I was talking to someone right before we jumped on the mics and they were saying, there are so many people that are, that are growing success on Instagram. What potential do I have? And it was just like, if you need to see that, because this goes back to what you brought up, Andy, right at the start, which is, are people not promoting themselves enough? And I said, it's one of the two extremes. Either they're, they're, they're promoting themselves too much with fake authenticity, or they're, they're too quiet because they think that they don't deserve this. It, there are plenty of people who could be in my position as a photographer, who can build a multiple six-figure photo business. Plenty of people that can do it, but I'm right. doing it. Why? That's because right. I'm doing it. That's it. I showed up. I started to do the work and that's what's required. And it's, we've been talking about this and I don't want this to seem like this is a difficult thing because it's actually really not. Yes, it takes a lot of time, right. but building relationships is not difficult. It's, it's a privilege to build relationships. It's a privilege to share a story. And if you are more excited about your story than anyone else, that's a great thing because that shows that you have that passion right. about it. And when you talk about your brand, it should be the thing that lights you up the most. That is what has to be the most exciting part of your day is when you get a chance to talk about your brand, but you have to talk about it. Don't hide just behind social media. Then just don't hide behind email. Be proactive and right. try to build that ability and that comfort to, to extend your marketing. So like the first time I, I emailed a client, scared the hell out of me, scared the hell out of me. And I'm just like, I'm just sending an email. Well, now I don't think twice about emails. Uh, and I send them out so fast. Right. But then the next step is, okay, I'm going to call a client and that, you know, I'm going to call a magazine and that terrified me and I'm shaking. I'm like, Oh God, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? I hope I don't say their name as, as my name. That would be awkward. Then I started to do it and then I got really used to that. And then going out to New York, my first trip out to Manhattan when I had to go meet with editors, it was, there was a blizzard in New York, in Manhattan that, that week. And so I'm running through snow and rain and sleet and I'm, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm running into offices with my, with my portfolios in my hand. And as soon as I run into an office, all the snow that was on, on my body melts immediately. So now I'm soaked in water and I'm like trying to, you know, I'm like, oh my God, I'm in the, the Sports Illustrated office. I'm trying to like wipe down my forehead with napkins and like, like trying to breathe without having an anxiety attack in, in the most busy, <laughs> one of the most busy cities in the world. But now I go to New York and it's like, you know, I, I set up meetings and I go and I have great conversations. And then I go have a cup of coffee in a coffee shop and I go to another meeting. Like you get used to it. The more you fringe, the more you get comfortable with the idea of being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. What was uncomfortable yesterday gets insanely comfortable tomorrow. Right. Now, I love that. I love, you know, that story that you just gave. And ultimately, it comes down to, like you said, action, taking action every day, even if you're uncomfortable with it. And um, I've heard this said this way before growth comes on the other side of comfort. So you yes. have to continually get yourself in uncomfortable positions if you want to continue to grow. And if your goal is to grow your brand, grow your personal training business, grow your fitness business, you have to get yourself out there 
and in front of the right market, in front of the right people that are going to help spread your message, which is your brand that you should be the most passionate about and should want to promote on a daily basis. I mean, to look at it, let's say you were really, really paralyzed by fear in this situation. You're like, I just cannot send this email. What literally could be the worst thing that could happen? And the literally worst thing, if you were to distill it down, is they simply say, we're not interested. That's it. That is the worst thing. That is the worst case scenario. We're not interested. That's it. And I've had plenty of clients tell me they're not interested. It's fine. You survive. And you want to know something? I've had clients tell me they're not interested who I later went on to work with. Like (laughs) that opportunity is there. There is no worst case scenario. Yeah, that's awesome. So we've touched so much valuable information in this um, podcast interview uh, about getting published and how you can get published one, how you can leverage that and how it can help you grow your business and your brand and increase your revenue. So how can the audience learn more about you and what you've got going on? And um, also I wanted to touch on how they can learn more about the Fitposium that you have coming up. Absolutely. Thank you so much for bringing that up. So as I was saying at the start, like we saw so many of our clients struggling to figure out how to share their message, how to get their message to get momentum, how to get more clients, make more money. And my response to it was, well, I'll start a blog about it. And, you know, been blogging for 10 years and then I'll do a podcast on it. And I've, I've recorded a few hundred of those. And then I started speaking at different conferences. I've spoken coast to coast in the United States. But the thing that was missing is I wanted someone across the table from me. Okay. Uh, and someone that, that we can build a tribe with, we can build a community with. And community was the big inspiration behind the Fitposium conference. So we launched Fitposium back in 2015 to a, what I consider a very intimate crowd of 50 individuals, 50 individuals who said, I want to do something different and better in my fitness career. I have a passion for this and I want to take the next step. Now, these are individuals who may have had a lot of experience, but they were sitting right next to people who had not done a single thing in fitness, Mm -hmm. who just had a curiosity, okay? And that's so cool to have both people there because the interesting thing is, when you go to a conference like Fitposium, the person that sits to the left of you is going to be one step ahead of you. And the person that's sitting to the right of you is going to be one step behind you. But then the three of you figure out the next steps together. And so we started back in 2015 for 50 individuals. The next year, 2016, we had 150. So we tripled our audience. Uh, The third year was 2017. We had over 200. This year, we'll have 300. And even though it's grown exponentially every year, the mission is still the same. And it's three pillars of education. How do you establish a brand? How do you market a brand? And then how do you profit from a brand in the fitness industry? And we use broad brushstrokes in who is attending the conference. I mean, we have everything from fitness models to certified personal trainers to coaches to people who've opened up their own gym to people who are franchise owners to people who have developed their own supplement company to people who've developed their own fitness athletic apparel line. Okay, really broad brushstrokes because the reality is, is that marketing is a universal language, right? Sales is a universal language. So at the conference this year, which is October 5th through 7th in Scottsdale, we have three days of content. And the, what we break up in this conference is a couple of things. One, we want the best information. So we bring out the best speakers we, we can. Two, we want the best connections. So we want people who just have that passion. I don't care what their experience is. I just want them to have that passion. I'd rather have someone with Lots of passion versus someone with lots of experience at the conference. And the third thing, which 
I had never seen at other fitness conferences. And this is why I made sure it was at mine. Because what I wanted to do is I wanted to build a conference that I would want to attend if I were a fitness entrepreneur. I'm a photographer. So I built the conference that I attend as photographers. Like what attracts me to go to a conference? And it was, it was the information. It was the connection. But the third thing was it was opportunities opportunities are the biggest thing at a conference because yeah. if there are opportunities at a conference, I look at it and say, if I get one lead out of this, I paid for everything, right? And the conferences I go to are usually four to $5,000. We're, we're charging a couple hundred for Fiposium, but the opportunities we have are worth vastly more. So what we do is we partner with the top fitness magazines in the country and in the world and bring the editors to the conference to be there in person. So at Fiposium 2018, you will have a chance to not only meet with, like you'll get face-to-face time with them, which you're saving yourself flying all over the world, right, right. but you'll also get to do a formal audition for them. And every one of our magazine partners books people at the event. Okay. So at this year's event, we've already announced that the uh, locally here, here in Arizona, we have Scottsdale Health, which is a tremendous magazine. They are still a monthly magazine. They are just kicking all sorts of butt. Uh, amazing magazine. Their editor and art director will be at Fiposium. Uh, also, uh, expanding to a national magazine, we have Strong Fitness Magazine. Their editor and art director will be out there. Fitness Magazine is coming all the way from South Africa. Um, they run three magazines, Fitness Magazine, Fitness His Edition, Muscle Evolution. So they cover so many elements of the health and fitness industry. Uh, we'll even have the senior editor of Golf Magazine there, There, okay? Which, which seems like, well, okay, golf, but hey, golf is part of fitness, A. And right. B, this senior editor has so much experience, not only in the golf industry, but in the publishing industry, where she was the one who envisioned and pushed the reason why golf magazine now does fashion issues. She spearheaded the whole fashion campaign for golf magazine. She'll be at Fiposium. We'll also have Define Fitness Magazine will be casting there. And we just locked in two new magazines that we're, that we're uh, going to be announcing in the coming weeks who will be there in person as well as casting for people at the event. So last year, 24 different people got cast for projects at Fiposium. Everything literally from uh, workout spreads to editorial features to art features to magazine covers across right. the board, right? 24. However, we don't just do the castings, but like I said, we actually put you face-to-face with the magazine editors. From those face-to-face meetings, probably close to 75 or more features easily have been booked for then. For everything from uh, interior features, workout spreads, covers, sponsorships, endorsement deals, writing gigs. People are now writing for magazines as regular contributors because they sat across the table with someone, shook their hand, and got to share their story face-to-face. You can't skip that. And this this is just the first day of the conference, by the way. Wow. That's just the first day. The second day, we have close to 40 elite presenters speaking in three tracks on Saturday and Sunday, doing both keynote presentations as well as interactive workshops. So it's not enough just that we're sharing information. We want people to start applying the information, stuff on how to build your sales funnel, on how to grow your online marketing campaign, on how to get your influencer status up, on how to start 
uh, charging your clients more, on how to automate parts of your business so you can actually stop trading time for money. Right. With, with up to 40 presenters, it's just a la carte. You just choose what you want to learn over the course of several days. And we got some some really uh, home run hitters. Every Everyone from uh, Chris and Heidi Powell, who, you know, from uh, ABC's right. um, Extreme Weight Loss, uh, they'll be presenting there. We have Angie Lee, uh, very, very, very famous life coach and podcaster will be there. Um, really, really great presenters this year. I always get real weird when I start talking about the presenters because <laughs> every one of them is so excellent, but I will never remember to say all of them because they're close to 40. Right. And I'm always going to forget the ones that, that I'm, I'm most excited to see because, you know, greedily for myself, I get to be in the back of the room and, and, be, and see all this great information. But the coolest thing I'll tell you is, you know, because we have a team of um, 11 plus an intern, so 12, that work on this conference in some way, shape, or form. And we, we kill ourselves every year when it comes up to the conference. And we're, by the time the conference comes, we'll be on very little sleep, kind of just walking <laughs> around like zombies. Right. And uh, we'll have our past attendees come up to us and they'll say, since last year's conference, I quit my full-time job and I'm now running a multiple six-figure business in one year. And it's just like, oh my God, that... Thank you. Thank you. You're the reason we do this. And that all right that there hard is hard the work paid room. off. Yes, absolutely. But it's all about, once again, you got to show up and then you got to apply. And that's, that's really not a difficult thing, but that's what's required. Right. And I love that too, what you said about ultimately that Fitposium is about making connections, not only with the editors that are there, but also with, you said you're bringing in all these different types of businesses, not just personal trainers. You know, you're talking about guys that are st starting supplement companies, guys that are starting clothing companies. So when you make these connections with these other types of businesses, you don't know what um, sort of thing can happen within your business if you guys align with one another. Um, you know, those are different forms of revenue that you can produce in your business to help, you know, you ultimately increase your revenue, increase your profits. I mean, the, there are so many, we, we try to put a dollar value to the, uh, like to compare it to the cost. And we were in the $100,000 range. Like it's just, we see so many people not only form connections, but form partnerships, form right. allegiances, form uh, their own little meetup groups because of that, that commonality and those aligned viewpoints on what they want to achieve. And it's, it's really cool to see, like, you know, we had someone uh, who's been with us since the first year who uh, within the last year launched their own clothing line. Wow. And last year ended up partnering with a couple different attendees of the conference. And they just got a full, full editorial spread in a print magazine featuring all the people they partnered with at Fiposium, talking about their clothing line, wow. getting them that press, helping them drive some new sales, helping them. And they're, you know, this clothing in particular partners with um, charities. And so once again, driving people to the charities as right. well. So it's this cycle that just keeps reinforcing itself and, and re-energizing itself. I also love what you said about the keynote speakers, not only doing the keynote speak, but also um, doing the workshop because I know, you know, you go to these um, conferences and a lot of times the keynote speaking is fantastic. The, you know, these speakers are great, but the, over, the information is overwhelming and yes. a lot of people go back to their rooms or go back home and they have all these notes, but there's no application of those notes mm -hmm. because they maybe don't have, they're missing a few steps and with a workshop added to that keynote, you, you know, that would be a give and take where there's question and answers um, that can allow you to fill in those gaps. 
I, I, you and I are so simpatico on that. Like I'm part of the mastermind this year. And after our first uh, retreat back in January, I had this little, little black notebook and it was filled like first 20 or so pages were just filled with all these notes and ideas and inspirations and thoughts. And, you know, then on the drive home, I'm like, Oh my God, what am I going to do next? Like, I don't like, I'm so overwhelmed by this. I don't even know there's, there's like now a million things I have to do. And I, and I just started to feel stressed and I started to feel overwhelmed. And so that's why we wanted to curb that. And that's why the workshops are on the last day of the conference, because we want people before they leave to actually start the implementation and start to get the groundwork done. So one of the sessions we actually have is from a marketing expert who's just going to be guiding people through how to build their marketing game plan. Okay. You've, you've taken in and you've absorbed all this information. It's still fresh. It's palatable right now. Let's put this down in a plan that you can take action on. You're going to do it right here in the room. That's just one example. We have another person who's going to be uh, doing a session on, you want to grow your online social media influencer status, take out your phones we're going to start doing the work oh, right nice. now. We're going to start engineering your profiles. We're going to start talking about the right posts you need to do, what your, what, what your copy should be in the post, what your bio should look like. Let's do it now and let's just get it done. Let's cross that off the list. And so, that, I mean, that's once again on Saturday and Sunday. We have three tracks each day. So every hour you just choose what is important to you. What do yeah. you want to learn and see? But the, the other added benefit is, we'll still give you all the notes from all the other presenters. So let's say in one hour, you, you really need to see Callie Bundy because you just are obsessed with Callie Bundy. You've seen her on ESPN and you follow her on Instagram and you just want to see Callie Bundy and meet with her. But you, you miss out on, let's say, Mindy Harley's presentation. Guess what? You're still going to get the notes from Mindy Harley's presentation. So we want to make sure you get all that information regardless right. of which session you choose to attend. No, that's very powerful. And I think that the Fitposium people that are able to experience are going to be in for quite a treat. Thank you so much. No, it's, it's something like this is our fourth year doing it. Every year it's gotten bigger. Every year we've gotten more speakers, more magazine partners, uh, because we see the change it makes in people. And it's, it's, uh, it's really empowering to see that. Right. And I'm going to include a link in the show notes to how people can learn more about signing up to attend the Fitposium as well. Oh, thank you for doing that. And now, James, you've dropped so many powerful golden nuggets on the audience about, you know, how they can increase their revenues and get published and increase brand awareness. Um, How can the audience uh, reach out to you and learn more about you? Absolutely. Uh, real simple, just jamespatrick.com. It's one of the easiest websites I could lock down. I was, I was so excited when, when that came up for sale. I was like, finally, I don't have to change my name. But yeah, jamespatrick.com uh, is, is my website. My Instagram is jpatrickphoto. Um, yeah. And, and for anyone listening, feel free to connect, reach out, ask questions, uh, and, and, and form connections at any point. Awesome. Any last golden nugget you'd like to leave the audience with? Ooh, last golden nugget. All right, let me think here. Um, You know, I I think it would be a challenge. I think that's what I'm going to do because the thing that I see as a hesitation for people is that they don't think that they have the permission to do something. Like when when I started in my photography career, when people asked me, what do you do for a living? My answer was not that I'm a photographer. And I really regret that. I don't have a lot of regrets. That's one of them. My answer was the safe answer, which was to say what my full-time job was. Uh, So, you know, when I was in college, it was, you know, oh, I work at a newspaper. I work at a magazine. And uh, shortly thereafter, I work in marketing, you know, even though I was still spending every evening, every weekend, every sick day, every vacation day building my photo business. So my challenge to people is 
to say that you have the right to do this. And the way you say you have the right to do this is just by claiming that this is what I do. I am choosing to be in the fitness industry, regardless of what it is, whether it's a personal trainer or coach, or you want to open your gym. I want to do that. Don't be afraid to say it. Put some social uh, collateral onto it uh, and get some, get some accountability. Post it online. Get it out there. You know, who cares what people think? Most people are going to support you. And then show up because once you put that out there, you're going to feel that fire lit. That's why whenever I have a big launch coming up, I post about it on social media to push myself to force me to launch because yeah, I'm working on my third ebook right now and it'd be really easy to work on my third ebook for the next two years. Uh, It'd be, it'd be so much easier, but I'm (laughs) going to be doing a post in the next few weeks uh, saying, I want to have this done uh, before the conference this year. And guess what? It's going to be done before the conference this year because I create that social uh, accountability. Right. Uh, so I, I, I urge people, I challenge them. You know, if you're waiting for permission to think, to, to do whatever it is that you want to do, you don't need it. And if you do need it, you and I, Andy, we're giving it to them. Like you have the That's permission. That's right. You can do this. Just do it. Just show up and be a part of the community. Love it. Awesome. I thank you for, uh, for that uh, last challenge. So James, I want to thank you for your time. And again, all the value you've provided to the audience. Oh, thank you, man. I really appreciate being on here. And it was a uh, really fun chatting with you, man. Yeah. And I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Always. Thank you for listening to the Fit Pro Business Podcast with your host, Andy Salazar. Don't forget to visit fitprobusiness.com to receive your free business breakthrough session. 